I'm Wendy Dickinson with Ascend Coaching Solutions, host of Catalytic Conversations. And today we're taking a look at family business, the next generation, a curriculum for preparation. Look, I get it. Creating a family legacy, it is hard work. Fewer than 20% of businesses make it to that fourth generation. And why is that? What contributes to the failures from one generation to the next? We know this is not a one-off, is it? It's not a box that you check and then you're done. It has to be something that becomes integrated into the process of how you lead in your business. You may wonder, what in the world do they want from me? I mean, you're working as hard as you can, trying to balance all sorts of balls in the air, juggle all sorts of balls in the air, getting my metaphors mixed up here, and you, you go home tired as you can be, and they're your kids. And they might ask you questions about the business, but they also might not. And maybe, maybe you're one of those people, when you come through the door, you just want to unwind. I respect that. At the same time, if you don't teach your kids about the business, if you don't teach your kids to know the business, how are they ever going to love it? How are they ever going to love it the way that you did? And for those of you who are already retired, who've passed the baton on to the next generation, and you're sitting back in your easy chair going, ha, 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 I'm done. This is great. I'm happy for you, but you're not off the hook because you also have a responsibility to make sure that the person, the incumbent who took the baton from you, that you help prepare that person for the transition of retirement and you help prepare that generation behind the incumbent to take on the leadership roles. Just because you've retired, you don't get a pass. You don't get to check out you have a responsibility too. So for those of you who are ready to tune out because you feel like, whoa, this is not anything I have to worry about. Oh yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it sure is. Okay, so one of my favorite resources, if you need ideas, is PricewaterhouseCooper. They actually publish a family business survey every few years. Now they haven't come out with, with one during 2020. Boy, what a surprise. Is anything normal? Was anything normal in 2020? No. Um, but at the same time, they do have the 2018 and 2019 that are free downloads. And you can just take a look at those things because we're all going to trust, have faith, rely on those of you in family businesses or those of you who are building businesses that will become family businesses. You can grab those PDFs those downloads, and get some ideas about what it is you do need to be doing. Okay, so again, PricewaterhouseCooper, PwC.com, their family business surveys, great resource. All right, so let's take a look at a couple of the things that you might find interesting from 2019. So PwC also has that global next generation survey, and I think it's super interesting to take a look at what the number one priority is for that next generation. Now, in this case, I'm talking about the young leaders. Any guesses? Top level experience. You might be scratching your house head saying, oh my gosh, of course they do. But first they need to be sweeping the warehouse floor. I get that. It's, it's an opportunity though to see 
that they do have the aspirations. And so many people I run into despair of the younger generation of having aspirations. I'm telling you people, the younger people I meet, they have aspirations. It's just that there are a lot of obstacles in the way. And are you one of them? (laughs) That's the question today, right? How are you going to not be an obstacle? How are you going to facilitate this next generation onboarding the skills that they need to take over the leadership reins from you? Now, for those of you who are retired, yeah, you need to be asking yourself, how can you really mentor the incumbent leader so that that incumbent leader is able to then retire or pass on the reins and not be an obstacle to the generation following? Quite a question, right? And when you when you add in the fact that these are people that are family members, that you love, that you value, that many times you don't want to hurt their feelings, you don't want to offend them in any way, well, that is something that that needs to be addressed. It's not something to ignore. It's not something to sweep under a rug. It is something to meet with, and you've heard me talk about this before, radical candor, radical transparency. So, of the next generation would like to have access to more mentoring and shadowing opportunities. So yeah, that kid could be sweeping the warehouse floor, but can you also set up a day where he shadows somebody, he or she shadows somebody in every department? Of course you can. You can do that. That's not hard. That's not even something you have to do. 43% of the next generation feel that they need to network with more peers. Okay, so do you know other family business owners? If so, then if you're the incumbent leader, I encourage you to speak with your peers to start thinking about as a group, as a cohort, how to retire successfully, how to pass on the reins, how to become no longer the person, the CEO maybe, but maybe chairman of the board, or maybe that wise sage that others go to for advice. Okay, and if you happen to be have that the access to that cohort, and if you happen to be the CEO, then you can encourage the, the younger generation to network with other family business young leaders. Another group, 41%, would like to gain international exposure. Well, if your business has any aspirations for growth and development beyond your geographic area, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? So for kids who are still in college, then once COVID is over, maybe then you can set up some sort of international experience. But another group would really like to gain experience outside the family business. So what about creating a swap with another family business that you know? These are just a few of the ideas that you can grab onto to really help your next generation learn about the family business, know the family business, and begin to love the family business. I can't believe this. We It is almost time for our break. I just want... Okay, so what I really want to hit home here is that so often the incumbent generation is seen by the, the younger leaders as being obstacles to their growth and progression as leaders. And I really think sometimes, you know, that's undeserved. Of course, people have their perspectives and experiences. But what I'd really like for us to do is to remove that more emotional aspect out of this, um, which I know is so difficult to do in, in family businesses. But I'd really like for you to think about something. 
you and your family have dedicated significant resources to building the minds and confidence of your young leaders. If you are like my husband and I, and we both own our own businesses, we did things like we, our kids were in swim team and there was horseback riding and there were debate clubs and there were performances of various kinds. And we oftentimes found that it was really interesting when one of our kids or another kid on the team was disappointed. Um, it was interesting to see what parents jumped to that kid to kind of smooth that failure over and what parents instead partnered with the kid to navigate whatever the situation was so that it turned into a learning experience. And you know, I'm going to tell you that as much time as you have devoted into that soccer team or that football team over the years, you could spend as much time, if not more, considering how you can nurture and develop your next generation of leaders, whether they're family members or not. And I think it takes intention and it also takes focus. And as a result, my question to you, are you willing to take the steps that you need to take by designing a succession plan, communicating that succession plan, by creating a list of your company's needs that you can present to the next generation to explore how that generation may fit, how that generation may fill those needs? Well, it takes courage and patience to hold the space for the growth and development of the next generation. But guys, come on, you, you have patience, you have courage. If you're a parent, if you're an aunt or an uncle, if you're a grandparent, and, and I know some of you are probably saying, yeah, but I did my time. I checked that box. No, remember, even if you are now retired and that next generation is, is in power, you still have a responsibility to mentor and shepherd those incumbents on how to retire successfully, how to leave the business behind and create a new identity. And, and I, I just also want to say that COVID-19 has created the most incredibly challenging year for businesses across the board, across the world. And in the midst of this, one of the things that I found a great deal of, of hope and inspiration from are family businesses who, number one, know their history. They know their story. They know their grandparents went through World Wars I and II, they, Korea, Vietnam. They know that their businesses have withstood economic ups and downs. What I really want to challenge you to do is to look at not look at the ways that you might be getting in the way. Look at the ways that you can instead facilitate the learning and development of your next generation leaders. Look at the ways that you can facilitate those young people, younger people, assuming more responsibility. Maybe you have a really important decision to make of some sort of uh, new initiative, uh, some sort of hiring, firing decision. There are so many opportunities 
where even if the, the younger person can't sit in on the actual meeting, you could have a meeting with the person, with the younger person, to explain what goes into those decisions. You could have that younger person shadow and, ment- and, and be mentored by people who are responsible for making those kinds of decisions so that they can teach the young person how to do that. And you as the incumbent leader, you have a responsibility to seek out mentorship from those that went before you. You might know um, previous leaders from other family businesses who are now no longer sitting in the CEO seat. Okay, well then go to those people and seek out guidance on on how to transition out of your day-to-day responsibilities successfully. So what do you need to do? What are some of the problems? How can you make this happen? When does it need to happen? When is a huge issue because when can also be the problem. If you are somebody who are who's in your 50s or in your 60s and you're thinking, they're going to have to carry me out of there from behind this desk. I'm not passing this on to anybody. And if you think that's crazy, I can't tell you the number of business owners who have said that to me. Yeah, I'll sell my business when I'm dead. It doesn't really work that way. Come up with a succession plan. So again, if you don't want to be an obstacle, if And you could, and and being that obstacle, you could also become a bottleneck for your company's growth and development. And that is such an important issue to hold the space for, to keep on your radar. I've talked many times about um, creating a dashboard for you as as an owner, founder, leader within your company. Well, maybe one of the metrics on that dashboard is to take a look at the list of day-to-day responsibilities you have and to see which of those things you might be able to allow a young leader to take over or pass it on to somebody else on your management team who then could pass some of their responsibilities on to a younger leader. You see what I mean? By freeing that bottleneck, there's a cascade of possible impacts that might create more opportunity for those who are younger in your company. All right. I also want to emphasize, and that was a long pause, but I want to emphasize many, many family businesses lose their history. They lose their family stories. And during tough times, like 2020 was, having that sense of family history, having that history to ground the person helps immensely. So if you haven't been telling the story of your family's business. If if the people who retired before you are still around, invite them back and invite them to share the family business story with the company. The other thing I think is what's really interesting is you have the opportunity to be a bottleneck, to be an obstruction, or you can be somebody who really and truly facilitates the growth and development of that next generation. So Share the values and vision. You could set that next generation up to to do all sorts of things, not only having summer jobs in your business or another family business, but you could, for the younger kids, do a summer camp. I actually know family businesses that do a summer camp and any child in the family can participate once they're able to read. And once they're able to read, they get their own little notebooks 
that contain very basic financials. They get a sense of, they get the, the family business story history. They get the family business's values, mission, and purpose. They get the family business vision in their notebooks. And they have that to take away. Also, some families decide not to discuss the business during family time. Well, that's one approach. And I can understand that, especially for those of you who grew up where your parents just lived and breathed the business and that's all there was. I think, folks, there's a happy medium. Because again, in order for your kids, in order for their kids to love the business, they have to know the business. And the only way they're going to know the business is if they know the story, they know the vision, they know the values, they know the mission, they know the purpose, they know the history. So important. Oh my goodness, it is once again time for a break. Now I'd like to turn my attention to what it is you need to know to create this curriculum for next-gen preparation. And for those of you who are the the incumbent leader, you're going to have to create a curriculum to um, prepare yourself for your next transition. So really would like for you to take a look at where in your company, where, who is the holder of the family story, the family history of the business. And what I'd love for you to do is to assign one of those young leaders the, the task of updating that story. Make sure it includes all of the major events, especially 2020. Give that, that young leader or a group of those young leaders the opportunity to contribute personally to the family history. The next thing, it gives those people an opportunity to really hone in on what the company's values are, what the company's vision happens to be, what the company's mission and purpose is. And I'll tell you, a lot of family business owners right now, those who are in the CEO seats, find that some of the next generation just aren't interested in the business. And while that's understandable, not everybody is going to be cut out for this kind of thing. If you haven't prepared them, if you haven't allowed each person in that next generation to know the family business, they're not going to be in a position to be able to make an informed decision, whether they love it or not. And as you and I both know, if you're going to have your own business, if you're going to work in the family business, you need to love it. It's going to make it a lot easier, less of a burden, and more of a sense of stewardship, isn't it? So, yeah, you need to involve the younger generation, the the next generation of leaders in creating and documenting the family business history and story. Make sure that it includes the values, vision, mission, and purpose, because that is going to help those people decide and discover whether they are on the same page as the company or where the disconnects are. And you as the incumbent leader have a responsibility to determine what is your company going to need in the future. And this is where we get into, you need to know yourself what the vision is, what the values are, what the purpose and mission of the company happen to be. And if that was something that was last updated with your parents' generation or your grandparents' generation, 
is it time to, as a family, relook at those things to really make sure that each of those properly aligns with sustainability, capacity, and capabilities that your company has not only today, but into the future. Let me say that again. By knowing and and regularly touching the family history, the family story, which includes the vision, the mission, the purpose, the values, you and other generations within your family have the opportunity to assess whether those things are are still viable, still relevant, or does the vision, the mission, the purpose, the values, do they need to be revised or edited to reflect new opportunities, new innovations, or disruptions within your industry or market? What's so important about this in connection with next generation preparation? Well, if you have an idea of where the company is going, of what the company is going to need in the future, then you have an opportunity to explore with your next generation what their attributes are, what their strengths are, what their gifts are, but also where their blind spots are, their knowledge gaps, their experience gaps, or their weaknesses. We know from research that it there's not a high return on investment if you invest a lot in trying to shore up somebody's weaknesses. But if there's another person within the organization or the family who can fill that gap, that is that re- results in a high return on investment. Okay, so you need to know what the future holds as much as you can for your company. It allows you then to engage your next generation of leaders into looking at how they can fill those gaps, how they can fit those, those, the company's future needs. You want to take a look and make sure that you yourself have a very clear understanding of the value of your company, of, of the cash flow, of all of the financial um, metrics within the company so that then you are able to make a decision about how sustainable it is to invite others in the next generation to be leaders in the company. How many people can be involved? How few? That sort of thing. And that gets extraordinarily difficult. So you want to know best practices. You want to know the profit plan. You want to know, you want to have your emergency recovery fund. You want to be building your cash reserves But more importantly, or as importantly, you want to make sure that that next generation has an opportunity to learn about each and every one of those things. So what's important for you to know? History, vision, values, mission, purpose. Know your numbers inside out. Know the value of your company. Know what it takes to run this company. Know what it's going to take for you to retire. And know those next generation leaders. Where are their strengths? Where are their gifts? Where are their skills? Where are their gaps? Where are their weaknesses? You want to know within your company, what are best practices? You want to do, you want to actually, you want to have that next generation become familiar with, as familiar as you are as the CEO with your SWOT analysis. You want to take a look at 
every aspect of the company and to see where are their learning opportunities for that next generation. Because remember, that next generation has to know the business to love it. Okay, so then you need to come up with a strategy to build family relationships, share experiences, to become educated together, to build trust with vulnerability. What do I mean by that? <laughs> well, if, if you are the kind of person that has made some tough decisions, and my guess is if your family business is still going right now, you've made some tough decisions in the last year. How have you done it? Do you have a process? If so, it would be extraordinarily helpful and meaningful to your next generation leaders to share your process, but also to share what your doubts were. What were the things on your consideration horizon? How did you navigate that landscape with different options, different factors, different influences, and your own experiences? You want to develop alignment with your next generation of leaders, you don't want to automatically assume they hold the same values that you do. You don't want to automatically assume that those next generation of leaders share the same skills, the same, same strengths, the same gifts. You want to make sure. You want to test for it. You want to assess for it. You want to discuss it. You want to explore it. You want to give this next generation of leaders the opportunity to develop learning and experience goals, KPIs, that they can meet every six months, every quarter, every year, so that they are able to then gauge their progress as they climb that ladder and are able to assume greater leadership responsibility as a family member within the family business. There are stages of transition and what to expect they need to know what to expect as things evolve. If you've developed a decision-making process, can you provide psychological safety in which that next generation of leaders can become a part of that process so that their voices are heard and given the opportunity to generate viable options? Those are some of your responsibilities, things that you need to know, things that you need to be aware of as a leader whose responsibility is to prepare next generation leaders. You want to educate each person in conflict, conflict resolution. You want to allow each person to navigate cross-generational communication. We'll tell you that I'm dealing with a family business right now in which there are four generations in the workplace, and it is extraordinarily complicated. But each person in the family is dedicated to seeing one another's strengths and gifts and also to recognize where there are those knowledge and experience gaps. And it makes things much easier for each per person involved. Believe it or not, it is time. We talked about some of the obstacles that family businesses face. We talked about some of the things that family business owners need to know, right? But now we're going to talk about what are some of the specific steps that can bring you through to not only preparing yourself for your own transition, but that next generation of leaders for their transition into greater leadership responsibilities. So really what we're talking about now is how do you do it? Well, you begin by setting up that next generation to be the very best version of themselves. And what do I mean by that? I think we've all heard stories of where our parents attempt to shape and mold us and make us into something that they believe that we should be. 
And what we found, just like when we invest a lot in trying to create um, a strength out of a weakness, is there's just not a lot to like about that. While the person may, in the short term, force themselves into to a particular role or a particular persona, it's not an authentic one. And what we know is that when people are able to show up as their authentic selves, they are able to put their give their best work, their best effort, their best attention, and bring the most positive energy. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for my clients. So how to begin and call forth the very best that next generation has to offer? Well, you see them for who they are. You find out what their values are. And also, if you don't know your own, you find out your own. So you can see where they align and where they don't. You find out what their their skills are, what their gifts, what their strengths. You need to do that for yourself too, by the way. And then you look at what the company needs, what it needs today, but also what it's going to need in the future. And I think that's a conversation with your management team, as well as within the family. And you look at who is prepared, who who wants, who has an interest in in filling a particular need. And if so, if the person has that interest, what learning and experience goals do they need to set up? And how can you facilitate the achievement of those goals as the person in power to make sure that they have the experience and the knowledge they need to truly fill that gap, to meet that need in the company? You, some of you may know that I was a therapist in addition to being a business coach, and I no longer practice as a therapist. I just practice as a business coach, but I'm going to tell you it is extraordinarily helpful for family members who live together and work together to really be very knowledgeable about their relationship, to have an accurate read on those relationships, and to be willing to wade in and, and at times be messy to be real in those relationships. And so what does that mean? Those relationships are explored, developed, and nurtured with the idea that the business is going to continue into perpetuity and in perpetuity and to know how the family members see themselves fitting within that structure. And if they do, because they may not. You want to embrace best practices for talent development. You know, if, if you have recruited for your company and you've sought out great talent, you need to do the same for your own family. Set the family member up to successfully develop leadership abilities along with their gifts and skills. You know, in one of the resources in the show notes, I've really, I've shared with you a couple of places where I feel like you can get some guidance on this topic. And what I'd like for you to do is to really take a look at the HBR article and High potential leaders, show, that HBR article has identified five areas for high potential leaders that need to be assessed. And I agree with this. Curiosity, insight, encouragement, I'm sorry, engagement and determination and commitment. Those are the things that I think that you really need to assess as the CEO or the leader of the next generation. Next, consider how far each person could go in leadership development. I mean, be real. I'm working with a business right now where the person, the, the third generation made one of the brothers 
a CEO in the fourth generation, and he has no interest in that job. He, he does not like it. That's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for the other people in the family, and it's heartbreaking for him because he feels as though he's letting his family down. We're all different in our capabilities and our capacities, and especially in the areas of leadership and development. So really and honestly, you are not doing your family member, your loved one, any favors if you try to force them into a role where they don't have that attribute, they don't have that cognitive skill. You know what? You could develop a family employment policy. You could explore the roles that are need to be filled currently, but are waiting to be filled by the next generation. Identify who might fill what roles and, and how well the person fits the role. You know, one thing that was a real issue in cross-generational communication prior to COVID was this, you know, kind of tension between those in the family and business who, who adapted technology and those who did not. And what next generation, what this current, these current generations face and are capable of doing is, is really, I think, um, not only bringing best practices as far as technology is concerned to the family business, but also mentoring the older generation in using a lot of those technologies. So how do you get this? How do you get to this place where you're able to create a family employment policy? You're able to, to be practice radical candor, to be um, a, a leader who utilizes radical transparency as far as strengths and weaknesses and gifts and, and knowledge gaps and blind spots. How do you get to that place? Well, you share your perspectives with family members using respect, and you honor each person's gifts and skills as well as their potential. You want to check their motivation to fill the various roles. I mentioned commitment as the fifth aspect of, of uh, something, an, an attribute to assess with that next generation of leadership. You want to look at the person's personal circumstances, their identity, their preferences may influence the person's interests in different roles. And for those of you who are in the incumbent, who are in the CEO seat, this is one area where you, as you yourself prepare for transition in the future, you want to look at your own personal circumstances, right? You want to figure out your timeline. Um, will you be an empty nester in five years? Will you, do you have a, an interest in developing a passion project and you want to be out of the business in 10 years? Then I would suggest that you set up those KPIs, those, um, those learning and experience goals to correspond with that timeline. I also want to encourage you to organize regular family meetings, and that includes those people who don't automatically, who don't currently um, participate in the family business. Dedicate part of the meeting, meeting for scenario planning. Discuss succession planning and exit strategies, and that's where knowing your timeline is really helpful. Offer educational opportunities that everybody in the family could benefit from having. Offer social and team building activities within those family meetings. And then at every family meeting, it's an opportunity to tell the family's history, family business history and story, to rededicate to the mission, the vision, the values, and the purpose. Develop a, a continuity plan for the family and for the business in the face of transitions of leadership, ownership, governance, and family assets. All of these things are incredibly important for you as a leader to give your next generation the opportunity not only to glimpse 
on a peripheral way, but to become involved with, take responsibility for, and commit to so that the family business is able to be sustainable. Um, There is no guarantee that any business is going to exist a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. What it will depend on is creating a culture, an ecosystem that um, allows the family to embrace change. And, and part of that for a family business at times also means um, how to develop relationships with people outside of the family and allow those people to flourish and become a meaningful part of the family business organization. These are all issues that are very real. They are also manageable with attention and focus. And there are steps that you can take. And finally, you don't have to do it alone. That's it for this week. Come back next week when I have the opportunity to interview Michelle Seiler Tucker, who's written a book called Exit Rich. And I think this would be extraordinarily useful for any of you, family business or not. I'm Wendy Dickinson with Catalytic Conversations. We, believe it or not, are at the end of our time together. 